Hello, this is a Drawing Matter podcast produced by Machine Radio. The exhibition Disappear Here on Perspective and Other Kinds of Space is showing at the RIBA in London. It's a new commission by Sam Jacobs Studio, which uses drawings from the archive of the RIBA and Drawing Matter to explore the different meanings of perspective and purposes of its deployment. These podcasts are conversations between the curator Sam Jacob and those who he feels can help illuminate the subject. This conversation is with Madeline Riesendorp, the artist. The podcast begins with Sam and Maddie discussing the honesty of drawing. If you tell the truth, you don't do it with more com- as enough conviction. If you lie, you put a lot of pressure and a lot of detail, and it looks and that's the same with drawings. If you lie, you put much more detail, you put much more effort into it than in something that's the truth. Truth is just very plain. Well, it's also, I guess, it's also like impossible. Like you can't draw the truth. Like the idea that there is a truth that could be drawn is is yeah, exactly. is, is insane. <laughs> so, I, like, what what I think I wanted to do with the show was to show how drawing, or I suppose in a way, how drawings lie to mm. some extent, or like the fictions mm. which are necessary in order to make drawings, which often then are translated into things beyond the drawing, but mm. really. You know, on that piece of paper, the kind of uh, way in which they construct a plausible version of reality, which I think is especially strong with perspective, because there's always this idea that it's somehow real. You know, like it's it's mm. not. But I don't know if it needs to be plausible. It has to be. Uh, it has to be attractive, and it has to be. You know. That's true. Uh, That's true. Convincing has to be, you know, wanting to go into that space and wanting to be there. And has to somehow also relate to your own vision. So you could draw to the pictures that relate to your, you know, mis- misconception of things, you know. But we were looking at that, um, the Vries book, which is this crazy drawing of like loads of Planks lying around in boxes, a table, yeah, and on a flying floor. in the air, and completely random. And grids, and then dotted lines all over the place, mm. and like little figures, like five or one, as if it was trying to explain something. And it kind of mm. looks so technical in one respect. Like, mm. Here's a drawing, and I'm showing you how it's constructed, and you can probably learn how to draw just as well as I can. But, but, but also, it. it's trying to do something that uh, sort of a handstand that nobody can do. I mean, it's trying to do cartwheels, you know, with this perspective. Uh, I saw it in a, in, a, in a bookstore in Holland uh, when I was a student, and I thought, this is brilliant, this is so good, I would like to make stupid drawings like this. <laughs> this is my big example. <laughs> what's, what, what's, what, what did you find? What's, what's stupid about it? Well, it's so completely random. It's sort of like uh, dreamscapes, which try to to connect to reality. It's totally, um, you know, a very funny uh, uh, imaginary world. You know, so it's they're great because they're so. He's trying. On the one hand, he's trying to make them so real, like here, lots yeah. of things you recognise. On the other hand, it's like it's completely. It is like a dream. It's like some kind of weird, yeah. like surreal, like psychological totally space. 
But then that's the amazing thing. It's sort of the the, the way for him to prove that it is real. Is he uses just perspective to just as proof. But of course, it doesn't work at all. <laughs> but it looks for everybody. It looks like it, this is this is it. Yeah. This is how it's done. Yeah. That's I, the amazing thing that you can use perspective to lie even better. You know. <laughs> More plausible lies. His, his, I mean, his, uh, his whole book, all, all of the drawings in it are, have this really mysterious air. That's, that's that one with the, the dead body in a grid-like room with people hiding behind doors, just peeking out. And this, there's this tension between it being like completely rational mm. grids and construction lines, and and this sort of weird narrative that is suggested but never resolved. But it's more like avoiding tactics. People avoid each other and beams avoid each other. All the things in things trying to be one thing without having any notion of the other things. That's the amazing thing about it. There are no relationships in that whole book. It's, it's true. So yeah, it's true. They're like, they're definitely about space and things in space yeah. and the, but there is so much emptiness there's so yeah. much like separation between things that you, it's not like you know it's almost the opposite of Piranesi where everything kind of turns into everything else with him it's everything yeah you're absolutely right everything's separate it's also it's a bit like in a spaceship where everything floats there's nothing there's no gravity there yeah. somehow yeah. so to get perspective you have to ignore gravity <laughs> That is one of it. One of its many lies. Yeah, there is no. Just as in space, no one can hear you scream. In perspective. He could have made a gravity book that ignores perspective. But just everything piled up at the bottom of the page. I'd say there's something in your work which is similar, which is that that the way in which narrative is suggested, like there's there's something happening before and after, mm. and you can't quite explain what it is yet, like the, the drawing itself is like full of this kind of, yeah, mis mysterious activity, like how did these things end up together, mm. why in the debris of those planks lying around everywhere, like who left them there? <laughs> but you don't know whether it's already happened, the, the disaster, or whether it's still coming, <laughs> you don't know in this case. Yeah, well that's a kind of... That the beam is going to fly into your face. That's a continuing existential dread that I think many of us share. <laughs> well, that's always wonderful to see, I think, in a drawing or in any sort of... that people really have this wall of their, their own limitation and they run into it. And the faster they run into it, the more exciting it is to see. Which is ironic, because Geek Singers is always drawing walls in front of you. <laughs> I, but I think those, I think those drawings are, they, they feel to me, in the, certainly in the way that I look at them, as someone who is trapped within a system, and what he's drawing is a kind of the hell of being trapped in, a, in perspective, of the, of, within the rules. And but yeah, those moments of where it's where he's fudging it or where he's kind of uh, reaching their limits it, yeah. is you know it's almost tragic which is why they have this weird quality yeah, but it also is type of small tiny rebellion i think yeah you have always sort of a rebellion against rules everybody does 
So you always try to sort of push, push the little limits. In my case, it was space was never an issue. It wasn't. Uh, I didn't think about space, but in architecture, the architect students were all sort of so spacious. We designing spaces. We don't design architecture. Mm -hmm. We don't design a space. Mm -hmm. It's the opposite of a room, right? Yeah, and it's the opposite of anything uh, that has boundaries. Mm -hmm. We are free. There was all this freedom. Everything was free. Sexual freedom. Mm -hmm. So space had to be freed as well mm -hmm. of its. Uh, of its limitations. Yeah. But then something like the continuous monument, that's both, in a way, it's both absolute freedom and also no freedom whatsoever. Yeah, completely contained. Which I guess is what was, makes it so... But that was made it very radical. Everybody's against it. It was fascist. Uh, mm -hmm. Alvin was asking, saying, oh, it's randomly importing those fascists. Italians to the AA because everybody was making blocks, you know, everybody was making things that could change. Yeah, we don't rule walls because the walls they can put them themselves. You know, people were very, very against any limitation. It was all about freedom, mm -hmm. and space was part of this uh, freedom mm -hmm. concept, you know. Well, I, I felt very as an outsider looking in and having a laugh, you know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't part of it. I was just uh, thinking that's funny. And people who are. The, the AA was funny. There was little mountains with their little emperors that had their own. Uh, no, no. Uh, Peter Cook had all these blobs and, you know, free styling stuff and well, everything could walk, the moving cities and every, everything could suddenly change completely according to people's moods and feelings. It was all about feeling and, you know. And if you said, no, no, this has to be, oh, God, this. Feels. Yeah, this yeah, is all wrong. Yeah, it's fascist too. Mm -hmm. No, they, they were definitely fascist in those days. The, and that was attracted man to, you know, he had just been to the Berlin Wall. And he, he thought, wow. Berlin Wall is not a wall that divides things. It's enclosing freedom. So that's how he got to this free world was enclosed in a sort of a structure. It was very architectural. The wall was architecture in that way. That was his great discovery. It was also with the, 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 the science where suddenly infinity was an incredibly big thing. You know. Uh, and, and a lot of people were struggling with the whole concept of infinity, you know, should it go on forever? So that in, in space, there's the whole infinity, you know, there's another galaxy, another galaxy, you know. Mm -hmm. And I said to Rand, can you really imagine the same? She said, yes, easily, it just goes on forever. He <laughs> 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 had no problem with it. <laughs> and I was sort of thinking, where does it all end, infinity, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what um, Panofsky says about perspective, is that mm. it, it couldn't really be formalized until yeah. an idea of the infinite yeah. had, had existed. And exactly. without that, you can't have the punishment. People were struggling with infinity, yeah. And also the scientists were struggling. 
which then makes it kind of, yeah, well then, then the question of like, well, how do you represent everything and nothing? And that the, the black dot, the vanishing point, is both of those things. It's like the, the black hole where everything either disappears into it where everything mm. comes from. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe that's all you need is this like black dots. And does it, does it go on and come back to the same point? Is it circular? Is it linear? Yeah. What is yeah, it? Yeah. 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 That's, I mean, that's maybe at the end of De Vries's rainbow, it's like those kinds of questions of like, where, where mm. am I? Who am I? Is it possible to exist in the universe? All of those also kinds of things. Also, it's connected to psychiatry, all the length thing, and the, it's all connected to whether very mad people and very intelligent people, whether how close they were, because it went full circle and you get back to just jump back to madness and incredibly intelligent and I think, but insanity. I think, I think that's the same with the with the kind of rule set. Like it's it's it makes sense. It make, you know, you begin with the the basic description of how you, for example, set perspective. But the further you get with it, the further away from reality yeah. you become until it mm. becomes something which is, on the one hand, completely plausible. You completely buy it, but it's mm. also like it, it's real in that sense, but it's mm. also completely unreal mm. as well. And I think that that kind of relationship of drawing to rules is really is but really. But also, hard. it has to do with static. It's one moment. It has to do a one moment in time, which never happened. You mm -hmm. never had one moment. Mm -hmm. So in that way, it's sort of struggling with the static bit of it. So when you see those, you do one step like this, and it's completely different, stop to decide. So when you see those Smithson drawings in the show, where the, the one drawing has like either multiple conflicting vanishing points, or they don't even bother, you know? <laughs> no, but this is the perfect way to explain things, to just twist it all around, so you know from every side how it happens. But that's also seductive in a way, that it's so primitive. But I, I know this is totally not, you know, It's like a noble savage, in a way. Yeah. They, they discovered yeah, yeah, the noble yeah. savage in those days. Exactly, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But they, I guess they're also, they're also drawings which seem to me, which are probably completely incorrect from an art historical point of view, but somehow they're, they're like still medieval in the way that they can yeah, bend yeah. space in front yeah. of you, which must have been a, you know, must have been a way of thinking. Like, mm. I mean, it, I imagine if you were in the 14th century, it looked that was how the world actually appeared to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those drawings like seem to have one foot in each camp in a sense. Like you can see a certain rationality to it, but also the entirely illogical and simultaneously. Like it, it, it's like two parallel tracks. You've been listening to a Machine Books podcast produced on behalf of Drawing Matter. For news about more podcasts, go to drawingmatter.org or follow us on Twitter at Drawing Matter. <laughs>